You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today I am going to be telling you about my biggest failures in the garden so far. I feel like episodes where people talk about their fails are, they're always the funniest and they're always like the most... I don't know. They make you feel better about your own shortcomings. And I'm more than happy to tell you about my fails if it makes you feel better about your own. Just because in gardening, there's no such thing as failure. They're all learning opportunities. We're all learning no matter how long we've been gardening. We're still forever learning. So my failures can be your learning opportunities. And I'm totally okay with that. But Before I go into those great big fat failures, first we'll hear from today's sponsor. Okay, so this is the fun part. This is the the part where I get to have some humility and admit that I've not always known everything about gardening and admit that I will never probably know everything about gardening because like I said, no matter how long we garden, we're still learning things. I am constantly, by the way, reading, listening, researching, watching, always, always, all the things, Um, just like you are probably right now. And, and it's just, I have such a passion for it that I'm, that I'm willing to keep on doing that. No matter how many things I try and fail at, it's just, it's another thing that you learn for next year. So, I want you to keep that in mind. If you have something this season that hasn't gone to plan, if you try something someday that doesn't go to plan, you're going to learn something that's going to help you get one step closer to success next time. And that's me stalling. (laughs) Um, Just because I, nobody likes to talk about their, their failures. Honestly, nobody does. So I'm just going to get it over with. And I'm going to tell you that my first and probably biggest failure in the garden was starting a garden without knowing what kind of soil I had. I literally just, we bought our house, which had a great big backyard. I determined where in the backyard I wanted to start a garden. And I went and bought some seedlings and I just dug holes where I determined I wanted them and planted the seedlings. And it didn't go great. There were some things that did okay. The cherry tomatoes that I planted did fine. But other than that, things just, things just were not happy. And it's because I, I didn't take the time to learn anything about my soil. And as I've said in previous episodes of the podcast, um, we have really heavy clay soil in my part of the U.S. And a lot of plants just don't like that. It's it's really hard for their roots to make their way into the soil. And, and so the roots get stunted and the plant itself as a result gets stunted. It doesn't grow as big as it should or as strong as it should. 
the one, I guess I would say exemption to that would be the cherry tomatoes. The cherry tomatoes seem to have no problem with it. It doesn't really surprise me because tomatoes are very easy thing to grow. They're really not that picky. You have volunteer tomato plants growing up all the time um, and they have very strong roots and they also like consistent moisture levels, which clay soil has a tendency to hold on to moisture um, and not get dried out very quickly. And, and tomatoes love that. And that's why my, my tomatoes did so great. But my butternut squash, absolute failure. The vines were really puny and skinny. The leaves were really skinny. And then the, the two fruit that I did end up having ended up getting eaten alive by, or eaten from the inside out um, by pickle worms, which I didn't even know were a thing. And the herbs that I, that I planted in the soil also did not like the clay soil. Um, herbs often don't have that strong of roots and they also don't like wet feet as we like to say in gardening they they don't like their roots to be constantly wet they like loose well-draining soil so that was a big learning experience for me just knowing that you know you you can't a lot of times use the soil in your backyard or you can but you're not going to have you know stellar results the next biggest fail, um, and I'm going to lump these all together because there's there's been several fails when it comes to this, is pest problems. When I first started gardening, I would try to grow a lot of different things without taking the time to research the common pests that, that you had to worry about and the common pests that are native to where I live. So, for instance, um, green beans, Japanese beetles are a huge problem, and they they started out on the East Coast, and pretty sure that they came over in some sort of Asian plant of some sort, like in the soil. And since then, they have just been spreading like crazy across the U.S., and they eat, um, in addition to green beans, they eat the leaves on apple trees. They eat roses, rose bushes, and they also will destroy uh, grapevines. And this is in addition to a lot of other things that they'll eat, but they seem to attack these things most viciously. So I, I was completely taken by surprise the first year that I tried to grow pole beans the type of green beans that climb vine up a pole and the Japanese beetles came out that year and just destroyed them. I had had no clue that they were a thing. I was like, oh, look at these shiny, pretty green metallic looking beetles. And then they were, there was like a swarm and I was like, oh gosh, this, this is not good. So yeah, there's that. And then uh, also winter squash. I love winter squash. I love all forms of winter squash. I love butternut squash. I love acorn squash, spaghetti squash, all of it. I was really excited to grow it. And I knew nothing about squash bugs or squash vine borers and both are a problem where I live. I have started to become a little bit of an expert <laughs> when it comes to um, hunting for them, finding them, disposing of them. And so that's that's something that, that I've had to learn to deal with. And I've, I've had many ruined plants, many ruined fruit as a result of, of just my failure to, um, to look into those things before I started trying to grow different varieties of, of plants. 
gosh, I think the next biggest failure would probably be not understanding a plant's growth habit. People a lot of times don't realize how big tomato plants can get. Um, And they need a lot of support because they get so big and they get weighed down so heavily with fruit. So that's, you know, your, your tomato plants with like your full size tomatoes, whether they're the big round tomatoes or they're the skinny, more oval San Marzano or Roma tomatoes, but then also cherry tomato plants. I grow sun gold cherry tomatoes. They are orange the that's the deepest color they get is orange but they are some of the sweetest cherry tomatoes you'll ever grow and the branches on these plants are just bananas you guys they will grow five six feet long and and it's crazy and if you're not prepared for that it'll take over your whole garden either that or the plant the stem of the plant will just snap under the weight of of itself and you know, you might be able to, to save the, the tomatoes that are on the vine, but, you know, after that, the, the plant's kind of done for. So really just understanding your plant's growth habit is important. Gosh, this next one, it was such a heartbreak because it was going so well, I have to say. Uh, it was my first year trying to grow quinoa. Um, if you're not familiar with quinoa, it's an ancient grain. And when you cook it, um, it's neat. You get kind of like this corkscrew spiral thing that kind of comes off of it, but it's delicious. You can put it in salads. You can put it in, um, hot entrees. I like to make like a, uh, quinoa fried rice where I use quinoa instead of rice, but I use all the, the same kind of flavors. I, I tried growing it for the first time a couple of years ago and it was, it was going so good, you guys. It was a lot top heavier than I thought it was going to be. It grows these big kind of like bushels of, of the grain at the top of the plant. And the stalks end up kind of like tipping this the way or that. Well, I didn't realize that, which is really similar to my last um, fail of, of not understanding your plant's growing habit. Um, but I got some steel stakes and I, and I lashed the, the plant stem to those steel stakes and they were holding themselves up and the quinoa started to change color and started to dry out. And I was like, Oh, awesome. This is great. Um, it was like September and I was like, okay, I will, I will harvest it at the end of this month. And then it started raining and it kept raining and it kept raining for five days straight and all that constant moisture, it was so sad. It made the quinoa that had started to dry start to sprout on the stalk and mold on the stalk. And it completely ruined all of my quinoa. I couldn't save any of it. I tried. I cut it down and I brought it inside and I tried to dry it. But, you know, there was just so many mold particles, the spores from the mold had spread, you know, you couldn't see it at the time, but as it, as it started to dry out, the mold would start to grow in other places. And and eventually it's just, you start to realize it's not safe to eat. And so I lost it. It was sad. Um, and I, I haven't tried planting quinoa again since then. I might try it, um, this, this upcoming gardening season in 2020. We'll see. The next fail. Ugh. Gosh, this one. I was not expecting this one. My sweet potatoes. I had 
purchased sweet potato slips and I planted them in the ground and the sweet potato vines were, they just went absolutely bonkers that year. And I was so, so very excited. And because the vines went so crazy that I thought, oh my gosh, I must have like a whole treasure trove of sweet potatoes under the soil. So I was really confused and really disappointed when I dug up all of these super skinny, really kind of completely worthless sweet potatoes out of the soil. Like some of them were like, I don't know, two feet long, but as skinny as a pencil. They just wouldn't fatten up. And I learned that if your soil is too rich, if it has too much nitrogen, that it will cause the leaves on the plant to just go bananas. But the roots themselves, because sweet potatoes are, they're a root crop, they're tropical in origin, but the roots will never fatten up. It's just the leaves will go crazy, the roots will stay skinny and stringy. I had a few uh, sweet potatoes from, from that harvest, but the majority were very sad, very disappointing. And since then, I've learned that certain plants don't want really nice, rich, nutrient-dense soil. Some plants actually kind of prefer, I don't want to say crappy soil, but, um, you know, soil that, that's, that's not the best. Some of them actually grow in less than ideal soil. Another one of my fails, and this comes from me generally being an impatient person, um, which it's really funny because gardening, if you're an impatient person, gardening is going to do one of two things for you. It's going to disgust you and you're just going to decide that you're not cut out for it because gardening is, is something that you must have a lot of patience for. Nature is, is going to do its own thing in its own time and there's nothing you can do to hurry it along. Um, so either you're just going to throw your hands up in the air and decide that it's not for you or it will actually teach you patience, teach you to pay attention, teach you that there is a, a right time, a right season for everything. And luckily I take away the latter from it. It's actually made, making me a much more patient and much more observant person. But I still have my moments where I just want things to hurry up and warm up so that I can plant my seeds already or I can plant out my seedlings. And this past year, actually, this was one of my biggest fails. I, I had to re-sow a few different things because I, I got in a hurry. The spring was really slow to warm up and I went by the calendar and not by the soil temperature when it came to when it was time to sow corn when it was time to sow my winter squash. I was like, okay, well, it's it's May 1st. You know, it's late April, early May. I This is when I've planted it out all the other years. So I'm going to go do it now, even if it's a little chilly out. And as a result, my corn took forever to sprout. My winter squash took forever to sprout. The ones, the seeds that did sprout sprouted very weak. They were very slow growing. 
because again, it was still too cool out and the soil was too cool. And in the end, I ended up having to rip those things out and re-sow everything a few weeks later, three weeks later-ish, I want to say, when it was much warmer, when the soil had warmed up. So that's, that's a big lesson to learn, is that just beyond impatience, sometimes the calendar isn't the end-all be-all of, of when it's time to plant things. It's, it's more about things like soil temperature, about average air temperature outside, about when, you know, your last frost was. So those are important things to recognize and to respect and just know that, you know, you can, you can try to get a jump start on everything all you want, but just because you want to hurry things along doesn't mean it's, it's going to honor your wishes and, and grow well and, and succeed. There's a right season, a right time for everything, and I am, have decided that I'm going to be much better about honoring that idea moving forward. So those are my biggest fails so far. And, you know, it's interesting because you'll notice that they're a mix of some things that I could have figured out beforehand if I had just done a little extra thinking and a little time. But a lot of them are things that you, that you don't realize are going to be a problem until they happen, like life in general. And it's only through you know, listening to podcasts and reading and researching and when you see things that go wrong in the garden, taking time to look up, you know, why they happened, that you are able to learn and then apply that learning in, in the next growing season. So um, like I said, for that reason, I'm happy to share my gardening fails. And I, I hope that this taught you um, something, taught you a few things that you can go on to use if you've never grown some of those crops before, but you've been interested and you want to try them for the first time the next growing season. You know, I, I hope me sharing those things has has kind of helped you, give you a little leg up or a head start with a little extra knowledge. So if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're finding it useful and helpful, I would love to hear from you. Please don't be shy. You can leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. That's what helps other listeners find me. You can also help other listeners find me by recommending my podcast to them. Also, you can find me on beandbasil.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at beandbasil. And Thank you so very much for listening in, all of you. I appreciate every single one of you. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.